Welcome to the Gym Wits Podcast. I'm Ryan George. I'm Justin Guild, a.k.a. Chef Sonic. And we are the Gym Wits. So I have a first world problem rant for the ages. And it's how much I just detest having to get to the east side. Right, it's just it's it's annoying. There's like no parking ever. Right, it's you could take the bus, but it just takes forever. It's like I can get I can get to far past Westchester, you know, faster than I can get to the east side. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty first world problems there. Uh, you know what it is? I mean, it, okay, so for context, you you, you live um, and your studio is on the I know, upper like west side other, of other cities. Right, are like and, they have much yeah, less. Exactly. Public transportation, but there's a lot more parking. Well, that's not true in every okay. city either. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you live in New York. Boohoo! You can't get across town. You gotta wait on a bus. <laughs> to be fair, often it's faster to walk across town on like know, on, on, than to take the bus. But I mean, yeah, it, it does suck. I will I will grant you that. That especially when you're here, where you have to get through Central Park. If you have to get across town and there's any traffic, you're almost better off going downtown, yep. switching to another train that will take you back uptown on the east side than you are going across town. So I get it. But yeah, yeah that I'll, is I'll tell pretty, you what it really is. It, it's yeah. that I, I will, my Metro card ran out of money and I was stuck all the way on the east side. And they have those select bus little oh, payments. Okay, yeah. But you can't buy a Metro card there. You can only put one in. So I had to walk an extra like three avenue blocks. No, you can buy Metro cards. No, you can't. You can't? Oh. They didn't, they didn't allow oh, you. Okay. So and then I got, and then of course it started raining. So that's really what it was. I just got, okay. I was forced to walk and I got stuck in the rain. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah. So. That, that happens sometimes, yeah. Uh, or you could have just gotten on the bus and hoped that nobody came up to you. Oh, the select the, bus. Yeah, yeah. But, the, but that I didn't actually have to get on that select bus. Oh, okay. I just saw it there, so I was hoping I could buy one. But Okay. Yeah. Unless First you're in New York, you probably don't. Problems. Yeah, exactly. You <laughs> should do a song for that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good, that's yeah, a good no. idea. I, um, I think I will. Yeah. Clearly that. that I mean, it, it, you know, the, although, to be fair, um, if you're a New Yorker, and we have a lot of listeners in New York, I think... Um, I think Los Angeles is our most listened to city, nice. followed by New oh, York. I love but, Los Angeles. Um, but that, the traffic in LA with, is yeah. like you're you're you just you're you're driving, and then all of, there's no traffic, and then all of a sudden it just piles up, and you're like, oh, and, and you have to like account for that. You have to like take the two hours to go from point A to point B. Yeah, and to be fair, like we've been paying more and more for our, our transportation for Metro cards, and yeah, the yeah. service has be get has been wor- getting worse. It seems. Like there are far more delays, far more problems. Although um, I can't front that Q train looks cool though. Huh? That Q train, have you taken the Q very much? Yeah, on the upper west oh, side, right, on the upper east, east side. side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, it actually looks new. It's and like a cool. nice station. Yeah, but like having like traveled, like most places, they just have their stuff together so much better. Now, granted, uh, we have a system that runs twenty four hours a day. Uh, it's it the oldest a huge system in the world, space, or something yeah, like that. Bill, so millions you know, of people, tons more people, and so I get it. But hey, you know. Japan, I think, deals with you know significant yeah, amounts yeah. of people, and their their stuff Tokyo, runs really yeah. well. You know, well, so. we should have what what um what they have in Japan those people that push you onto the train. <laughs> That's what I want to do for a living. I think that <laughs> just shove good. people on the train. <laughs> that, yeah, take out some aggression. That's a good system. Yeah. All right. Well, we got plenty of things to help to help you uh, <laughs> yeah, you, with your first world If you have train problems. related anxiety or any first world anxiety, <laughs> we've got the guy for you yeah, yeah. or the product for you. So. so we have Jay Hartenbach today, and he is the CEO of Medterra, 
and they produce CBD oil. And he's going to talk about what CBD oil is, the, the, um, the quality of it, or some of the benefits of it, and some of the legality of it as well. So here is our interview with Jay. Hey, everyone. We are here with Jay Hartenbach. How's it going, Jay? It's going well. Ryan, Justin, thank you for having me on. Oh, thanks for coming on the Gym Wits. So Jay is the CEO of Medterra, right? I pronounced that correct, right? That is correct. <laughs> Medterra, <yeah. laughs> all right. And uh, it is a, a startup company, a new company that is producing CBD oil and uh, products related to CBD. So, that's correct. So yeah, very cool. And I know that's a, a new uh, frontier, an exciting market right now. But before we get into that, uh, we always ask... What is your fitness, health, exercise background, if any? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so mine is certainly at, at the amateur level. Um, you know, played sports throughout high school and, and growing up. Uh, nowadays, it's it's just really trying to get myself into the gym um, and, and exercising. Uh, you know, a couple times a week is really what I shoot for. Uh, mixing a little bit of cardio and, and weightlifting is is really my experience at this point and uh it's working it's working all right uh but i certainly could probably be better and i'm hoping that podcasts like this will get me (laughs) even more motivated (laughs) as as a ceo of a startup i'm assuming your schedule is is intense does that uh is that partially kind of an obstacle for you as far as exercise is concerned you know yeah absolutely you know i think when anyone starts anything, whether you're starting a company or a new career, you know, you're, you're trying to get your set, your schedule and, and kind of get your time prioritized. And the biggest thing for me is, is just making time. And, you know, there's people that are far busier than I am that are in much better shape than I am. So, uh, yes, the schedule is kind of all over the place and things seem to change. Um, I, at a moment's notice, but, uh, the times that I'm actually effective and actually getting in the gym, which, are immensely uh, beneficial. So, you know, an hour in the gym seems to increase my productivity significantly. So I might lose an hour of work, but, you know, I kind of gain it back, uh, you know, many fold, you know, many times over, uh, putting it on the schedule. And then, you know, it, look, everyone has certain priorities and, and, you know, I do, you know, in running the company and, and trying to build it, but, you know, you have to give yourself a certain amount of time and, um, sure. you know, kind of makes time for yourself. And that tends to benefit everyone else because you're, you're a better person to be around and, and work a little bit better as well. Absolutely. Now, uh, Jay, let me ask you, what time of day do you normally work out or is it just all over the place? Uh, so lately I've been working out in the evening. So I try to get into the office uh, right around six o'clock. Um, and so I get two hours to myself really before it gets a little bit crazy. And that's, that's been really helpful. And then, I've been doing this intermittent fasting, which I'm sure you guys are, you know, well aware of. A couple of. episodes that, on that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, it, that's been incredible, actually. Um, I, you know, certainly love to eat breakfast, but being able to kind of push that into uh, the afternoon kind of certainly frees me up, and you know, a lot more energy. Certainly, seem to think you know a little bit clearer in the morning as opposed to having a big breakfast, and then you know having that workout at the end of the day um, is just kind of a nice way to cap it off before I go home. Well, that's great. If you can stick to that schedule, I think from Ryan's experience, and he has worked with a lot of CEOs and people that have been very busy over the years. Uh, Ryan, would you say that the people that are the most consistent are actually people who exercise first thing in the morning? Yeah, typically that that is because it's the con- most consistent time, I think. Uh, but it also it's also I could never work. It's out also in the morning. like I'm not getting to the <laughs> office at six when you're busy Jeez, and spending that's... those two hours. 
yeah. you're working on things that you can't get to once things pick up is actually a, a legitimate thing too. So I think it's, yeah, I think yeah. the common thread though with, with most successful people is actually just the, you know, especially in business context is actually just getting up early and getting your day started early, I think is a big a kind of common thread. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I, I would love to, to work out in the morning and to be honest, if I could find a balance, if I work out in the morning and I don't eat, um, you know, I, I certainly probably am not a very pleasant person to be around. So I think it's, (laughs) (laughs) so I got to figure out how to work in the intermittent fasting and and maybe a, a, a solution. I know I've seen some of the, uh, you know, you know, the branch chain amino acids, you know, kind of as a supplement in the morning until you have your first real meal to kind of, uh, sustain you a little bit. But yes, if I could work out in the morning and then kind of work later in the evening, that would be ideal and, and kind of blend that into intermittent fasting. So maybe maybe give that a try. Yeah, someone because I've been playing with um, intermittent fasting as well, and I, I, I can definitely – I probably wouldn't recommend it unless you're comfortable doing the – keeping the intermittent fasting up with an early morning workout because that is tough. It's like if yeah. you're not eating breakfast to fuel the workout and then you're not eating after the workout, that that's tough. So I, do, I think you know, you're almost like your best bet is to stick with like what you're doing now if you're going to keep the intermittent fasting going. Otherwise, it does become a bit of a, a, bit of a challenge and you, know, you still got to work. And so if you're kind of grumpy, tired from exercise and grumpy from <laughs> not eating, that could be problematic. Yeah, I, I read this thing that – so Terry Crews, I read an article on Terry Crews. That's what actually kind of got me on the, the whole train with intermittent fasting. And I don't know if this is still accurate or is accurate, but it, I read that it was – he gets up around 4 a.m., works out, and then he eats his first meal at, at 1 o'clock, one or 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And, you know, if I ever get to that level of, of self-control, you know, I'm going to be pretty happy with myself. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's <laughs> a level of self-control that I guess allows you to look like Terry Crews. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. <laughs> um, so, anyway, so, so now, so you're the CEO of uh, MedTerra. So can you tell us, like, what got you, how did you come to found a company that sells CBD oil? Like, where did that come from for you? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. It actually was an opportunity with uh, a good friend of mine that I went to college with, and so he was working with a larger investment group that had uh, a unique tie to a, a farm in Kentucky as well as uh, some other farms throughout the United States. And and you know they had kind of evolved that relationship, and and basically he'd come to me and said, look, you know this CBD industry is is really starting to develop and, and pick up, and I think there's an opportunity just even really at the wholesale level. So when we first started Medterra, it really was, uh, we weren't looking at you know selling directly to customers. It was really providing a means to get other manufacturers and, and other retail brands the ability to access high quality CBD. So uh, we found a great farm to work with in Kentucky. And what we were doing was really acting as the conduit to you know supply the uh, isolate and the concentrated oils that were being produced at the farm to various manufacturers and uh, that was you know the the kind of the start of it and and as we expanded that you know we started kind of going down the road of of creating products for other companies and and back in about July 2017 we started developing the Medterra retail brand that it is today and so certainly didn't have the intention of creating a retail brand where we're selling directly to consumers, but we saw some some really unique opportunities in the space. So, you know, as you guys know, CBD and the industry and the hemp industry in the United States, you know, back early, you know, 1930s was, was a big part, you know, hemp, industrial hemp. And, you know, as of 2014 with the farm bill, it's starting to make this second renaissance. And and so it's it's a developing industry. And, and so there's a lot of, you know, kind of preliminary and early CBD companies, but 
we saw an opportunity in, in two respects. One, I had a little bit of experience doing e-commerce, and so kind of tapped into that and you know marketing online and, and selling directly to consumers with other products. But also that a lot of the CBD companies right, that had existed when we started Matera were selling products that what we call full spectrum products. So products that had CBD in it as well as other cannabinoids, but including THC. Um, and so we saw this opportunity and, and recognized that there was a need for a, a high quality CBD company that was selling products that didn't necessarily have THC in them um, or wouldn't cause uh, individuals to fail you know, THC specific drug tests, right? And that has been received really well. Uh, we've, we're selling in all 50 states and, and 12 different countries at this point. And um, it started with just an idea of, of two friends working together and, and building it from there and into, you know, now what we've got, you know, a full retail company that we sell online and into and stores directly. Cool. So, so now I guess for the uh, kind of people who don't know, what, what is CBD oil? How do you get it? Um, and then, I, well, I guess we get a little bit into it, but some, maybe if, what are some of like the myths uh, or misconceptions connected to CBD oil? Cause you know, some people have a very basic knowledge of it. And so then they make certain assumptions, those assumptions get spread, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, if you give us a little bit of background in, in what CBD oil is. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, just kind of touching on from where it starts. So, uh, industrial hemp is where we get our CBD from. So, uh, there are multiple different types of cannabis plants, right? So we're, you know, I think everyone's familiar, obviously, with a, a marijuana plant. Uh, there's another derivative of that plant or another plant in the, the family, uh, which we now know as industrial hemp, right? And so hemp is very rich in a variety of cannabinoids, but specifically CBD. And so um, our farm that we work with in Kentucky grows this at an incredibly large scale. Uh, and that industrial hemp is then harvested and what we do is we actually extract the CBD by cutting down the plant we grind it up into this hemp fiber and then we run it through an extraction process uh, specifically a CO2 extraction process that pulls out the various compounds within the plant and so at that point you get a an oil right where there's uh, you know plant fats waxes but also all these cannabinoids and phytonutrients that that you know come in industrial hemp and then we run it through another refinement process uh, where we isolate specifically cannabidiol or CBD um, and it basically comes out in, into a white looking powder um, and what we call that is CBD isolate so that's that's how we get to the CBD compound as far as what it is um, there are a variety of compounds that exist in nature that are called phytocannabinoids and so uh, you've got THC, which is a you know well-known phytocannabinoid, CBD is another known phytocannabinoid, but they've actually discovered over a hundred different phytocannabinoids, and uh, you've got one that's CBN, CBG, uh, CBDV, and so all of these have different effects on the body, and CBD is just really is one of the more popular ones because of its kind of wide uh, use and, and potential for um, you know inflammation as well as other muscular disorders. Uh, where people are seeing a lot of benefits from. So uh, maybe elaborate on a little of those benefits. And perhaps what do you say to someone who's maybe a skeptic? Uh, the Jim Wits, we can be skeptics. We yep. really like to have science and research before we make a, a claim about something or we endorse something. So what are some of the benefits? And, and what about some, someone who – what would you say to someone who would say, well, it's, CBD oil just sounds like snake oil to me. You know, how could it possibly have any benefits? 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, you know, when we talk about benefits too, we just, you know, have to be careful and, and really it's just as someone that owns a CBD company. So, you know, where we're at as far as the clinical research goes, you know, we've seen tremendous potential in studies. So they've done studies in both humans and then animal studies as well. Uh, the studies that ha they have conducted on CBD, they've seen a ton of uh, potential or opportunity for, uh, you know, major diseases that we're all, you know, kind of personally afflicted with, anxiety being a primary one, uh, inflammation. And so inflammation is, uh, you know, kind of a widely used word. And uh, I think sometimes it's borrowed maybe incorrectly, but if we look at uh, inflammation as, as a degenerative disease, um, you know, we basically have 70% uh, of the diseases that humans are afflicted with having some tie into inflammation, right? So you've got arthritis to Crohn's disease to autoimmune diseases. And so because CBD has the ability to potentially regulate and control inflammation, and the studies are being done on that, it starts to sound like snake oil because you start reading off the list of things that it could potentially help with, right? And so, um, you know, talked about anxiety, uh, GI issues. Uh, we've seen dramatic uh, studies done in the field of Parkinson's, uh, where individuals that are having the trouble even walking and getting up, being able to walk again. Uh, children, obviously, you know, we've heard of the strain Charlotte's Web. Um, so there's a very popular CBD company called CW Hemp. Uh, they were really pioneering uh, CBD for seizures, right? So uh, CBD has this ability to kind of touch on that inflammation, which why, you know, in all those variety of diseases, but anxiety and, and just general inflammation seem to be the big ones for the everyday user, right? In the world we live in, you know, between the different stresses that we're going through, anxiety is, is pretty prevalent and as well as, you know, just being sore. And, and as we get older, having just general inflammation, whether it's sore joints or muscles or um, some type of arthritis. Cool. So, so you touched on it a little bit, but are there any uh, any kind of um, fitness benefits to to CBD oil? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and that really kind of comes back to you know that inflammation. So uh, they've I've seen and read a couple studies that talk about CBD used for after workout treatments, right? So when there's a high level of inflammation in the body and the body's trying to recover. And we're, we're, we're seeing, um, you know, a lot of lactic acid buildup in the muscles. And so you've got that general soreness. CBD seems to be very effective in kind of releasing some of that tension and, and some of that soreness. Uh, in addition, the uh, ability to kind of somewhat manage pain, right? So they've done studies on that. So, um, you know, when you've got that soreness and you apply CBD, it seems to kind of loosen it up, one, from just the pain management, but also from that actual inflammation. So these are all studies that are being conducted at the clinical level, and, and the preliminary results obviously are very optimistic. And certainly people have these anecdotal uh, stories of, you know, I, I put CBD on my lower back, and now I'm able to, to work out freely because it, it relieves the inflammation in the joints, and, and I'm no longer sore and able to kind of actually run around again. And I'll, I'll actually give in one anecdotal anecdote. So, so I was sent, um, you guys kind of graciously sent me um, a package of some things. And um, I do Muay Thai, which is like Thai kickboxing. And I had a really bad um, kind of contact injury. And sure enough, there was some of the, uh, the pain cream. And I tried it out. And it, it seemed to work. So obviously, you, know, you never know if it's an anecdote. I mean, it's, just one, it's just one personal anecdote. Could be a placebo. Who knows? But it actually did help me with my pain the next day. Yeah, so, you know, and that's the thing, you know, the mind, we recognize that, right? The yeah. mind is a very powerful thing. And, and that's why as someone, you know, my background from an educational standpoint was in biomedical engineering. So the, the importance of clinical studies can certainly not be understated, right? And 
you know, where the legality of CBD falls, right, up until 2014, you know, growing hemp domestically and extracting it and selling it um, was something that was pretty tough to do, right? So there was people that had the ability to import it and somewhat through a loophole in the Ninth Circuit Court. And so now, uh, now that that's opened up, all this clinical research is starting to pour in. And, you know, we've seen some really interesting results from, and, you know, all of us being, you know, somewhat younger and, and somewhat older, on a on an athletic uh, basis, right? You know, we don't necessarily suffer from Parkinson's, but that's what I think makes CBD so cool. You have someone that's working out and seeing a benefit, and then you have a, an individual that is suffering from you know multiple seizures on a daily basis that has the opportunity to potentially be helped by CBD as well. So, so you mentioned some of the legal things. So, so yeah, where is it legally? Because this was even something that was like it's really confusing. Even if you go online, there are articles that say. You know, if like you know, if you know, like even I was like looking up CBD oil, I wanted to kind of brush up and make sure I was you know prepared for for this episode. And I found articles that were saying, well, it's, you know, technically it's not legal here; it's legal there. Like I found all kinds of conflicting information. So, like, what what sh- is there any legal concern for somebody who wants to purchase it? Um, you know, are should they be concerned about anything? Domestically, no. Okay. So you know, and that's at the federal level, and and that's one of the biggest questions that we get as a CBD company. You know, when someone comes to us. You know, they have some basic understanding of CBD and are certainly open to trying it. You know, it's it's starting to gain in popularity, but it's okay if you ship this to me, <laughs> am I gonna am I gonna go to jail? Am I gonna get a fine? And and the answer is no uh, domestically. So what happened was in in 2014, as a part of the Agricultural Act of 2014, which uh, is you know referred to as the Farm Bill, there was a special rider that was put on that talked about these hemp pilot research programs, and so. Within these programs uh, and on that rider, it gave states the ability to start growing uh, hemp in these research programs. And so the Kentucky Department of Agriculture started their own hemp research program. Colorado, Oregon did one as well. And other states are starting to kind of carry on. And in addition to that, it also gave every other state that didn't necessarily elect in a program the opportunity to say, hey, no, we don't want to uh, bring CBD in or, uh, you know, it basically gave them the opportunity to to remove themselves from receiving or participating with any type of CBD product or hemp product. And at this point, none of the 50 states have elected to do so. Uh, we do get cases where, you know, attorney general will, you know, kind of get excited and, and say, you know, we're not going to allow CBD. But from a legislature standpoint, that's not happened whatsoever. And um, you know, while there certainly needs to be an education both on the consumer side and on the uh, political side, there is nothing that is stopping any of the CBD companies um, from shipping to all 50 states, and it certainly is legal. Uh, we've been doing it for quite some time, and that's something that we fully stand behind and, and recognize as, as basically priority number one, right? We would never want to put any of our customers um, in any type of uh, risk or, or jeopardy in that's kind of why we've also elected to be THC free, right? So, you know, people that work for the government or large corporations that have to take drug tests on a daily basis or a routine basis, excuse me, um, they can't necessarily afford to have THC in their system. And so um, that just kind of goes along that idea of, you know, making sure our, our customers are, are comfortable and in uh, using our products and educated on what they're actually consuming. So now, how is how is um, CBD different from marijuana? Because obviously, there's always going to be that connection. So where do the differences lie? And then I guess you know, um, uh, to add to that, is it is it kind of legally looked at as the same thing? So let's say if you live in a city or a state where 
it, let's say you know marijuana is not legal if you're picked up with it in your pot with the cbd is the, could that be problematic for you as you know an individual in a, in a place where they they don't look at they don't they, look, they kind of frown upon it yeah yeah absolutely so um just the easy definition to so if we're going to look at marijuana and industrial hemp right so they both are in that species cannabis plant right so from a marijuana standpoint, the legal definition is anything that has greater than 0.3% THC as an active compound in it um, at an extraction level, at a plant level, is considered marijuana or marijuana-derived. Anything with less than 0.3% THC falls into the industrial hemp category. So basically, the presence of THC is the determining factor of whether something's considered marijuana, right, where you've got... Uh, not the federal protection of the farm bill versus industrial hemp being less than 0.3% and having that federal protection of the farm bill. So in, you know, kind of looking at it from a scientific standpoint, uh, THC, like we were talking about before, is, is another cannabinoid found in these plants. Uh, but THC is the one that has the psychoactive effects, right? That when you consume, obviously you're feeling at a mental level and, and certainly people have noticed, you know, certain effects in their body, um, that is um, at a level greater than 0.3% illegal, right? Unless your state participates in some type of medical marijuana or recreational marijuana program. So that's that's the way that we kind of separate it. Now, for those products that have less than 0.3% THC, uh, those are considered you know hemp-derived products, and any product that you have that has less than that concentration. Uh, is federally protected under that farm bill. So let's say I was walking around with a product that did have some THC in it. That's certainly not illegal in any of the 50 states. Now, what could be illegal, like we were talking about before, is that it, it might cause you to potentially fail a drug test. But uh, you, wouldn't have, you shouldn't have any concern at that level. All right. So as with any supplement or really in any field that's starting to make money, there's going to be a lot of companies, a lot of people that are going to jump on the bandwagon. So I know that CBD oil is still in its infancy, but I'm going to give you a chance to, to really sell your company now. What about Medterra and the CBD oil that you guys are producing is either better or more refined, or why is this the good stuff? And are there companies that could just sell CBD oil that might not be as pure, might not be as effective. So what is it about the CBD oil that you guys sell? And really, is there a difference between CBD oil? Is there a different quality? Uh, yes. My, this is my favorite question. No. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> uh, no. So yeah, what makes, you know, what I believe men makes Mentera special is, is two things. One, the fact that we go directly to our farm that we work with and have an agreement with. So like any new industry, right, people are trying to establish supply chains and, and really just kind of figure their way around. And so most CBD companies out there rely on some level of a broker or a distributor to get them their products, right? And so they don't necessarily have that supply chain uh, or that chain of custody to say, you know, I this is where the, the plants were grown. This is where it was extracted. This is where it was manufactured into a bottle. And this is where I bought it, right? And having that supply chain, especially in an industry that's you know, certainly regulated, but people are kind of figuring their way out. Um, I, I don't know if it's dangerous, but as far as actually having quality and consistency is, is certainly not a guarantee. So the fact that we work directly with our farm makes us somewhat unique in the space. And the other thing is, which is tied to our, our farm, is the fact that we know 
exactly what it costs to produce right and we we can sell it at a price typically lower than most cbd companies because there's not that extra middleman there when we started really pursuing the retail line and, and looking around at the competitors you know as someone that understood at a wholesale level what cbd costs and the oils cost we recognize that look you actually you have to operate your business and you have to be profitable right but you don't necessarily have to be making you know a million dollars overnight right especially with something that has the potential to really help people um, this isn't some piece of consumer tech where you know it's not necessarily a necessity or, or you know is greatly benefiting people and, and you can be a little bit more liberal with your pricing you know people rely on this stuff and have come to make this a part of their daily lives and if it becomes unaffordable and inaccessible then it doesn't really do anyone any good so you know Basically, you know, in short, you know, sourcing directly from our farm allows us to ensure that we know where it's coming from and it's the same quality. We can maintain the price at, at what it is so that our customers can afford it and, and ensure that, you know, there's no opportunity for THC to be present. So, uh, so we, we live kind of, uh, we don't like to get too political um, on the show, but I think this is somewhat relevant. So kind of um, this, the current administration seems fairly... I guess, regressive when it comes to our drug policies, yeah. potentially. Now, do, do you see, now obviously, the, you know, this presents problems for, for the kind of marijuana industry, but do you see, is there any fear of kind of attacking that farm bill? Or, like, do you see any concerns for your industry since it is, you know, it's, you know it's connected? And um, do you see the farm bill as being something that may be attacked, um, you know, as part of the, a potential attack on, on the kind of current drug policy? Uh, no, I don't actually. And that, that's a great question, right? And, and so I think CBD has benefited dr dramatically, right? You know, because obviously there's a lot of buzz, you know, on the marijuana side. And so there's definitely an indirect effect in raising, raising awareness for CBD. But on a political level, uh, it's actually, it's really interesting. So Kentucky being one of the preeminent uh, states that came out with these research programs and obviously being very conservative, um, you know, that we have that protection, right? And so, you know, I, obviously it's politics is, is politics, but, you know, CBD has the opportunity to, I think, change a lot of states, especially in the South and, you know, necessarily not necessarily having the, the high income from taxes that states like California or Colorado have from their medical marijuana sites, which, you know, certainly is going to take a lot longer for these, these Southern states and, states on the eastern seaboard uh and so cbd is that kind of way that they can take advantage of of this growing interest in uh you know the cannabis plants and the different cannabinoids uh while not necessarily jeopardizing their their conservative beliefs and and their anti or potentially anti-marijuana stance um you know because cbd has no psychoactive effects um it seems as though those political ideologies aren't necessarily as conflicted as maybe those with medical marijuana. And when we're talking about, uh, you know, senators like Mitch McConnell, who is a huge proponent of Kentucky industrial hemp. Okay. So I think it's good. Hmm. All right, Jay. Well, is there anything else that you would like to, to add about this discussion? Uh, no, I, you know, I think the biggest thing, you know, whether you go, if you're interested in CBD, it's just really doing your research. Uh, you know, we, we always joke and say that there's a new CBD company every week, right? And, and people are, are kind of starting to get on the bandwagon and, and there's a lot of great companies out there and there's certainly a lot of great or not so great companies out there. And so just doing your research and, 
you know, one of the first things I always urge consumers to do is when they're looking at a brand, you know, call into the customer service line and have a conversation, right? Um, the focus at this point for CBD companies should be educating the consumers, right? So if we can educate the consumer base so that they can understand what they're consuming and, and what they're interested in, um, one, that's going to benefit the industry as a whole, but two, um, I think it'll keep people on the right path of, of where we're going and, and really keep the values of, of helping people in place. Great. And where can people find you, find your website, find more information about, about Medterra? Yep. Yeah, yeah. So the easiest way is just go to into our website. So medterracbd.com. Uh, that'll take you to our e-commerce page. And, and we're rolling out. We're right now in about 200 stores throughout the U.S. And we're kind of quickly ramping that up. But you just call in into our customer service line and, and have a friendly chat. And, you know, obviously no pressure to buy anything and, and get educated. Awesome. Great. Well, Jay, thank you for coming on the Gym Wits, and thanks for sort of uh, enlightening us a little bit about CBD oil and CBD products. Very interesting, Absolutely. and we and uh, we wish you luck. I'm sure that your 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 sounds like the company is doing great, and hopefully it continues to grow, and hopefully we learn more about uh, CBD oil and its benefits. Absolutely, yeah, Ryan, Justin, I really appreciate it. And if you guys need any more samples, certainly let me know. Oh yeah, sure. some. <laughs> send them. We'll use them. Yeah, absolutely. Send Thank them you. All right. All right. Great. Thanks, Thanks Jay. So your honest opinion right now, I know you don't have tons of clinical research or even that much experience, but do you think that CBD oil is snake oil? Do you think it has like a little bit of benefits and do you think it's going to stick around? No, no, I, I definitely think there's a lot to it. Um, in the you know research I've done, it's one of those things, you know, where it's in a weird position where there's not, there's no like, uh, I guess complete scientific consensus where we can say, you know, clearly it does X, Y, and Z, but I think a lot of the research is pointing to it being definitely being beneficial. So I would definitely not categorize it anywhere near snake snake oil. And I guess in the bit of research I've done and what I've heard and anecdotes and my own personal anecdotes, I definitely think there's something there uh, to it. And I think, you know, well, you know, as, as he mentioned, like now that there can be more studies and more research done on it. I think that kind of opens the floodgates a little bit. So no, I definitely don't think it's like a, it's snake oil. And even in answering our questions, like he was honest about that, you know, in, in, in that, you know, it's yeah. kind of, we're still getting more, we're getting more information about it. But uh, no, I definitely, you know, definitely think there's something there. And you think it's here to stay? You think it's oh, not yeah, going to just yeah, I think, I mean, unless like, you know, the government is just like, screw this, we're going after everything. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think Well, it's things well, supplements fall out of favor. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You remember, uh, you know, Stacker, which sure. somehow managed to survive, had to ch completely change, and they've lost. Yeah, right. When people started dying, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> still... well, also, I mean, you know, you got to understand, like the the well, that's claims very different. are different yeah. too. Yes, uh, you yeah. know, when you look at it, uh, you you got to look. You know, obviously, the the claims are fairly. Um, broad, but I think he did a good job of explaining why it says you know it potentially can help with these different things because sure. it potentially you know it, so and yeah we're gonna find out more and more like maybe it has a better effect on let's say anxiety but maybe it's not so much of an effect on arthritis and you're gonna still get a lot coming out we're still in that stage where uh, you know there have been some studies that say oh it, it's great for arthritis and then other studies say no it's not doesn't seem to have much of an effect so we're still in that phase where we're, we're still learning phase, yeah. more and more so I think there's definitely something strong there and beneficial but I think we'll you know, over the next few years, we'll start to see like where the. You know, this is always my thought on it, and, and, and although I guess there's, there's a counter argument too, that if something really does have medicinal effect, wouldn't the drug companies jump on it sure. to try to refine it? But they haven't. 
Now they have with med- uh, the growers with medicinal marijuana yeah. have, and now it's a billion dollar industry. Yeah. But if CBD oil was could really cure or really help with anxiety. Wouldn't the drug companies jump on it to try to make some pill refined that was FDA approved and put all their machine research behind it? I guess <laughs> that I, I don't now, know. One I could don't, say, well, well I mean, there are see, what, the, what, the does time. It com- compete with other uh, drug med- uh, anxiety medications that are out there, but why you could there's there's room enough for more. The same you could one company that produces an, one type of like maybe a, a benzo type medication could also produce. You know, a CBD so, oil. Yeah, I'm speaking from a place of ignorance, you know, clearly a, a drug company could do that, but you know, can they also stop research going? You know, can they stop Medterra from producing their product? You know, so no, so that's no, the thing. So, no, they yeah. can't. But if you could, with with billions of dollars of research and you know development, produce yeah. uh, the most, and you know what they do, they take they take something. Oftentimes with uh, you know medication, they take something that is natural, or they'll they'll either synthesize it or they will refine it and refine it until it's at its most potent. Yeah, and then they'll release it in a pill form sure. or whatever it is. Like if they could make something that they could would be very effective and they could profit immensely wouldn't they do that already if there was so why haven't they well i think the the process um for like you know the drug approval uh, is far more strength far more strict takes a longer time than it is with supplements so i would think that Uh, part of that is just the amount of time it takes to 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 get go through that with the research that needs to go into it the development true true so you figure they'd be on they'd have been on this you figure they'd have been on this 20 years ago if I, there was even a a, a a glimmer that CBD oil could have these benefits. Again, I'm speaking from I a guess, place and of pure legality issues ignorance, with it too. So I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I don't know why. I'm just playing devil's not. advocate. Yeah. So yeah, but the um, devil's advocate because you're not. No I'm just saying. Well, if it well the point is, if it really worked, wouldn't one of the big drug companies have jumped on it sure. already? I guess and we don't know <laughs> what they're. It's true, we, we don't, don't know. know what they're yeah, doing right we, now. Exactly. So. You know, and, and the stigma that was attached to marijuana. True, and, true. I mean, it was, it's still, you know, I think things moved so fast when it came to that, um, that it's still, we're still in this weird area where no, you know, I, I wasn't even sure whether this is legal or not legal or can you sell it? Can you ship it? You know, there's a lot up in the air. Obviously, if you're a drug company, you'll, you know, a lot more and probably have ways around some of these things. So who knows? Um, but, uh, yeah. Can't really answer your question there. All right. Well, well, Ryan will close the show. <laughs> I will. Oh, okay. Yes. yes. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah. I guess we don't have much else to say. You don't have any more rants on traffic? Or? No. 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 Not, okay. Not for today. All right. Well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that's it. Uh, as usual, all of our stuff is at thegymwits.com, uh, survey.lispin.com. Uh, fill out the survey. Help us out. Um, and send us your questions uh, either to thegymwits at gmail.com or fill out this form on our website. So. That is it. I'm Ryan George. I'm Justin Guild, a.k.a. Chef Sonic, reminding you that truth does not sell. And we are the Giblets. <laughs> <laughs>